Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Hello, we are so happy that you are joining our conversation today. How are you, Dr. Virginia? Good. How are you, Dr. Val? I am doing well. We are just really thinking a lot about all of you who are children's ministers right now, because we know this time of year is so stressful. We know that you all are working hard for Promotion Sunday, that you are working to find volunteers for your groups, that you are trying to get your resources together and make your schedule for the year. And so we totally understand just how stressful, like I'm sure right now, Virginia, your life is very (laughs) stressful. A little busy, a little busy. Yeah, coming into a new church and then and having to to get everything organized and to get volunteers in place. And so that's a lot to handle. And so what we wanted to chat with you about today was just a little bit on volunteer training. Mm -hmm. How do we prepare these new volunteers? How do we prepare our returning volunteers? How do we get everyone ready for the start of the new year and really just kick off in a strong, positive way? helping our teachers to find new and exciting and engaging ways to teach the Bible to your children. And so we just wanted to sort of jump into that conversation today and and discuss a little bit about what we've done over the years to train our teachers, to train our volunteers, to train people to work with our children. Yeah. And the first thing that I had on my list was the first you and and I know that this is a really hard thing for a lot of people to kind of wrap their brain around but the first thing that I had on my list today was to have a policy and procedure guide mm-hmm. that you can physically hand to your volunteers to your teachers to your leaders so that they will have in writing mm-hmm. the expectations for the position that they have volunteered for during the year. And so that was something that I always gave to people as they volunteered for the the year, as they made that commitment to make sure that I had something in writing to hand to them that went through just all of our procedures, the things we expect Mm -hmm. from the teachers, our safety and security guidelines, just all of those little things. And quite honestly, I would also have a page at the back of it that the volunteer would sign and date and return back to me that they had read the booklet so that that way I knew that they knew that only parents with the check-in cards could come pick up the kids, that they knew what our bathroom procedures were, that they knew all of those things going into. And so that was always the first thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, my, my very first point um, was, always make it worth people's time as well. Mm -hmm. So yes, absolutely. Give them that resource and, and make sure that you respect people's time and you use their time. Well, right. Don't have meetings just for the sake of having meetings. No. And make sure that you have planned and prepared well 
right. and that you are ready to lead a quality training time. Right. Because all it takes is one bad, boring, <laughs> not helpful training meeting. You and people never are never going to want to come to another one. That's no. right. But really if, people, if people come in and they feel like, oh, I really got something from that. Oh, I can right. use that in my classroom. Oh, I never heard that before. Right. If people come in and feel like you have equipped them, you have used their time well, you've respected their time, you've given them right. ideas, you've put tools on their tool belt to use in their classrooms, to use in their right. time with children, then mm -hmm. they're going to want to come back. Then they're going to say, right. oh, yeah, that was wonderful. Oh, you yeah. know? Right. And you know what's... What's funny, I wasn't planning on saying this, but, you know, I um, at a previous church, I had Valerie come in and speak at a conference. And, you know, even like two and three years later, I would still have volunteers be like, when's Valerie going to come back? She was oh, so no. wonderful. We loved her. <laughs> it was so much fun. You had such a great group of volunteers. And I love it's my favorite thing to do anyway, in general, mm -hmm. is to come into a church and to, to work with the teachers and to help give yeah. ideas. And so it was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy it. <laughs> you are very, very true in the fact that if it's not something they find mm -hmm. useful, if it's not something that they find my least favorite thing, I attended a training one time for, for some event at church. And I can't remember, I think it was actually women's ministry. <clears throat> and the leader literally kind of got up on the stage and said, you know, I really didn't plan for this time. You know me, I tend to like to wing things. I don't really like no. to plan for things. So I just thought we might just chat about this and maybe we could talk about this. And and she didn't have things ready for the year. So when people asked questions, she was like, you know, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh. And I was so frustrated because I was so much was going on during that time. And I was so incredibly busy. And I had actually had to change things to be yes. at that training event. Mm. And when the leader mm. kind of looked at it like, oh, you know me, I just wing things. It yeah. just really frustrated me because I was giving my time to really yes. learn something and to do something that she had asked me to do. And then she wasn't even ready. So I yeah. think you're right. I think it's incredibly important that we make sure that if we're asking for their time, that we make it valuable and that we honor that time mm -hmm. that we, we start when we say we're going to start that we end when we say we're going to end that you, right. you know, have those things in place. Absolutely. And I really think that the time of your training is important and it varies according to the church. Virginia, when did you normally do your training events? What, what, what did you um, usually do? Right. So, I mean, a very common time is at the start of the year, um, gearing up to do one of those. Um, you know, as teachers are transitioning into the classroom, everyone's kind of right. coming back. Um, so that's a great time to do training. Uh -huh. um, one of the things that I like to do is throughout the year, um, I've done various like teacher training classes and discipleship classes, mm -hmm. um, like on Wednesday nights. So, you know, train and empower volunteers nice. to, to lead those Wednesday night ministries. Right. Um, and then I was able to then meet, have a class, like say for Sunday school teachers, where I give them additional training. Um, right. And, you know, I've done classes that were parents and Sunday school teachers or just Sunday school right. teachers. And I've done classes where I've taught things to kids and adult teachers right. um, about teaching methodology. And so, um, so those like discipleship type, you know, mm -hmm. opportunities, um, conferences. Um, I've mm -hmm. been at churches that have hosted conferences. I have right. taken groups to different regional right. and national conferences. And so those are all great ways um, to get volunteer training. So it really is. And you have to look at your group. I, I can promise you never have I had every church that I've served 
workout to have training at the exact same time, sometimes not even year after year, I have that work because Mm -hmm. you have different groups of people. And so I really worked hard to try to find out what times are most convenient for my leaders, what times are most convenient for my volunteers. Are there a lot that have children? So is, you know, evening during the week, a bad time because they have Mm -hmm. school to help with and, you know, getting them ready for bed and that kind of thing. So coming Mm -hmm. to the church on a Thursday night is not convenient, but coming on a Saturday morning worked out great. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if there's ball season going on, Saturday mornings are not going to (laughs) work. Right. So you kind of have to think through Mm -hmm. what works best for your people. For us, a lot of times it worked really well if we tagged on a 30 minute pre-service training. Mm -hmm. So that means like, for example, if we started church at 830 on a Sunday morning, if maybe we did a 745 Mm-hmm. training where we offered breakfast and we mm-hmm. had uh, somebody that did games with the kids so that they could go ahead and bring everybody to church. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids got breakfast, they got breakfast. We did a quick 30 minute training mm-hmm. and just did that once a quarter and did, you know, 30 mm-hmm. minute trainings all throughout the year. Or is it better to do a Saturday evening where you have somebody watch a movie with the kids while you, and you do a dinner and do, you know, an, you know, an hour training, at the beginning of the year, you know, so there's different times, you know, the time really is what works best for your people. You want to know your people well enough to know when will they come out. And it's always kind of nice too to do different times for different trainings. Yes. So you catch different groups of people that maybe mm-hmm. can't always do. Right, right. I have that kind of those different opportunities. And it's funny because I don't think I've ever been a part of either led or been a participant in a, tra- a training that didn't somehow have food. <laughs> Oh, yes. Food is a necessity or candy. Yes. Hooking those (laughs) trainings to a meal, even like you said, just like a a light breakfast of some donuts, some fruit, some yogurt um, can be very, very helpful in encouraging people to attend your trainings. So it really, it really does things Mm -hmm. that, you know, things that keep them, you know, moving and and keep caffeine and sugar in them that (laughs) always helps out. Always helps out. Yes. Yes. You know, and, um, whenever we do trainings too, one of the things that, um, I always try to remember is, you know, I've got certain staple things that I, that I cover in every training. Um, cause it's easy to, feel like you have communicated something and you're like, oh, they, they, no one needs to hear that anymore. Right. But even if there's just one person, one brand new person, (laughs) you know, you need to communicate and re-communicate and people have a tendency to forget, you know? And so, so covering, having sort of a a certain set of non-negotiable staples that you're going to cover every time and that's okay. But mm-hmm. then also bringing new and fresh ideas every time as well. And that's right. part of making it worth people's time. Right. If they know that that it's not going to be just the same old, same old, <laughs> that every single time you're going to have something new, you're going to have new suggestions, new ideas, new resources, mm-hmm. um, new games, new, you know, as long as you have that combination of both the staple right. things and new ideas, um, it's right. going to keep people coming back. Oh, Yeah. And if you do different things at different times, we we were talking before about you know, making times unique, but there are so many ways now that we can do training mm-hmm. and that way you can get those little pieces of information to them in unique ways to mm-hmm. do things like, for example, have a YouTube training where you put the training 
on YouTube, you videotape what you want them to know and you put it on YouTube so that they can watch it whenever they want to. You can do a Zoom meeting if you're, you know, if people don't necessarily have time to come into the church building, then, you know, they can maybe meet on the computer for 30 minutes and do the Zoom training that way. There's just so many opportunities, you know, to, to do, a, you know, a reel for Instagram that, that tells something a little bit for your teachers and for your volunteers. So there's all sorts of different ways that we can use technology and do things now mm -hmm. to kind of help be able to find those ways to maximize the time that they have to give you mm -hmm. and to make it more convenient for them so that they don't feel like you are wasting their time and they can do yes. that at whatever time they, they feel they need to. One of the things that I absolutely love um, is the particular online safety and security training mm -hmm. um, through Ministry Safe. Yes. Um, yes. So, so at our church, the policy is um, in order to onboard as a volunteer, you do your background check and you complete your ministry safe training and get right. your ministry safe certificate. Right. Um, so like you said, it's, it's online training. So one, it's very convenient for individuals, you know, and, and it's convenient for you too, in the sense that right. you're not having to, you know, have a safety and security training every single month right. <laughs> as you onboard right. volunteers. Right. So they do it at their pace mm -hmm. um, and they complete it all online. Right. And, um, you know, it, it is one of the best safety and security trainings I've seen in general. Right. And it's definitely the best online safety and security training that I have ever seen. Right. Me too. Um, and so, and so that ministry safe training, um, is really, really good um, right. and has been um, a good resource. So right. for our church. And I know that we talked about this during our safety and security podcast, but I ran into the situation where one of the churches that I served, when I talked with our church insurance, I found out that the ministry safe online was required for our insurance to be active yes. and no one had really put that together and they had never done it before at the church, mm. even though it was a requirement of our church insurance. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that you might want to check to see if you've never done a safety and security, mm. like an online training like that before a lot of the church insurances now are requiring that. So yes. you want to want to take a look at that. And that's how it got started at this church like a year or two mm -hmm. ago was, was exactly that it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was required. Something was in place yeah. prior to that, but then they started using yeah. ministry safe specifically. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's good. it's good. Well, and that kind of rolls into as well. Um, just for me personally, the way I structure my time during yes. trainings mm -hmm. um, and really sort of my three, like the way I chunk up my time and typically this is um, an hour. So about 20 minutes right. for each of these um, I try to spend safety and security, um, of course, talk about that every single time. Every time. Um, teaching tips and classroom management. Uh, and then some time on um, leadership development and any sort of administrative needs. Right. Um, and so within those three big chunks, um, we do an activity. Um, we do mm -hmm. some sort of game to get us up and right. moving or thinking. Um, so not just teaching people about teaching using right. games as part of their teaching, but actually right. modeling that. Right. Um, and so those, those are sort of my three big chunks of, of what I always cover in training and right. how I break apart um, my time with training. Right. Um, and so those aren't always necessarily the exact same amount of time in each of them, but right. those are the things that I try to include in every training. 
Right. And, and it's possible to do that. A lot of people would tell me, oh, there's no way. But yes, an hour is is really, you, you really don't want to go over an hour for training unless mm-hmm. you have time for a break yeah. or a meal in between, mm-hmm. because an hour is really about as long as adults can really maintain a focus and, mm-hmm. and still be able to really participate. Right. And that's even with activities peppered in with the that's, hour. You're with still the not going to go over an hour. Right. No. And right. not and that is definitely not you lecturing while they sit and listen. Yes. Because again, just like children, they're not going to process everything. That's going to be too much right. for them to be able to take in. Right. And that's why I love doing games. And I, I will admit, and, and there are some people who, when you tell them you're going to play a game with adults, they kind of roll their eyes or they groan or they're like, no, please, can I not just sit here and just listen? Well, one, you're not going to just sit there and listen. You're going to zone out on me. I know you are. But second, I am hoping that you are going to take some of these game activities that we are doing during this training and be able to implement them in your classroom. So I'm going to give you some ideas for some activities that you can have in your back pocket to use in the classroom with the kids. Mm -hmm. So I want that to be useful. They're not just doing an activity for the sake of an activity. They're doing an activity so that they can learn something that they can implement in their classroom. And so that's huge when you're able to do that. Absolutely. So yeah. So it's and important. you know, and and even, you know, so in this hour time frame, you know, that we have, if you are doing exactly going back to your very first point, if you are also yeah. handing them a document, right. That's one of the things that enables you to to be able to cover a lot of ground in an hour. Right. If right. they are taking something home, um, receiving something in an email to right. where they have something to refer back to. And right. you also don't have to cover every single little tiny thing that may mm-hmm. not apply to everyone. They can always go mm-hmm. back and reference, you know, okay, so I'm, I work specifically with babies. Let me go look up the diaper changing policy. Right. So, so you right. can, right. You, you can be more effective with your time mm-hmm. whenever they're walking away with something that they take home. Right. So. If you really want to frustrate people, if that's your goal is to really frustrate people <laughs> that are in a conference, then uh, what you need to do is to sit and just read to them something that they oh, could have taken home to read. No, no, that's not what you want to do. That you no. want to have things that they can look at because we have visual mm-hmm. learners. We have people who learn through words. Mm-hmm. And so they need to be able to see that to be able to follow along. They like to take notes. There are a lot of people who learn through notes. And so it's nice to have that piece of paper. But please do not just read to them what's on that piece of paper and that be the training. You want to add things to it. You want to, you want to, uh, to show them things. You want to demonstrate activities, yes. demonstrate policies, do things to help right. them understand. Interactive. About it. Yeah, yes. it's really, really important. And it helps them to learn. One of the things that I love to do too, and I know that people think that this is really funny, but um, I, I do the things like getting the attention with the rhythm. You know, like where, mm-hmm. you know how when you're with a group of kids and you do, you'll just suddenly do the, and then you wait for the kids to repeat it. <laughs> Classroom management ideas. Yes. You want to use that with the group of adults. And I know that you may think, oh, okay, why am I doing that? Again, you're modeling the things that they can use in the classroom because you're working with people who maybe have never volunteered with kids before and they don't know how to get a group of kids to pay attention yes. to them. Yeah. And so being able to do those kinds of things when you're do- doing your training gives them ideas and things that they can use in the classroom. And so you're helping model that for them as well. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that we talked about too is, is sort of what you mentioned earlier is inviting leaders to come to your church to speak. Mm -hmm. 
And there's a couple of reasons why that really works well. One is the fact that most church members want to be hospitable and they want to show appreciation to people who are willing to come to their church and do things. So they are much more likely to come to a training event if you have a guest speaker coming in to speak, mm-hmm. because they don't mind, they know you, they see you every week. They're not going <laughs> to mind like, you know, missing playing you. Hooky and yeah. missing it because they're like, oh, I can just catch up with her later. Yeah. There's a mindset of, Ooh, we want a really good turnout for this mm-hmm. guest that's coming because we really want to show appreciation. And so they do tend to come more often when you have a guest speaker. Mm-hmm. But also the big thing is this, If you have an expert coming in to share about safety and security, about classroom management, about how to to teach a lesson, it is going to corroborate everything that you've already said to them so that they don't think, oh, well, she just tells us that because she wants us to do this. No, this is a specialist coming in, somebody coming in that is telling you, yes, it's important to have the background checks. It's important to But the other thing that I always ask leaders before I led a conference was, (laughs) is there anything that you would like me to cover so that you can Mm -hmm. literally say, Valerie told you this and you can throw me under the bus (laughs) and that way I can take the hit on something that they might have, something that they don't agree with Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. would say, but this way I can take Mm -hmm. the hit and you can say, well, you know. Valerie mm-hmm. said we had to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, yes. it gives, you know, I, because I can say the hard things and walk away. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can say the hard things and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to hear the, 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 the complaining about it throughout the week that you're going to hear at your church. And so it gives that opportunity. There are more conference leaders and speakers that are at your disposal than you probably know mm-hmm. that there are. Mm-hmm. There are children's ministers like myself who love to go do conferences and who love to train and who love to teach and that do it really at, at no specific cost right, other than maybe right. their, their travel expenses. Right. Um, and it's always nice if a church would give a, you know, just give it a, a, a gift or something after, but not expected because really, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of our ministry and part of what right. we do, but right. also whatever denomination your church may be, you probably have leadership people that serve your denomination just to come and help in these ways that will come and do conferences that offer training events at no charge that will come to your church to, at no charge. You know, your denomination may actually already have that available to you and you might right. just not be aware of it. So it never right. hurts to call your denominational headquarters Mm -hmm. and kind of say, do you have a list of people that will come and do conferences? Do you have a list of people that, now, if you have the budget, almost all of the big writers will definitely come (laughs) because they will want an opportunity to bring their books and they'll be glad to talk, but they might be a little more pricey than if you find Mm -hmm. some people who are leaders and that Mm -hmm. have been trained and that come and do conferences uh, because it's part of their ministry, because it's Mm -hmm. part of what they do. Mm -hmm. But there are probably a lot more opportunities for training than you would even expect Mm -hmm. there to be. So bringing in a trained leader is always a good idea. Absolutely. And, you know, that kind of spurred two thoughts. One was that um, I had an opportunity. This was, I don't know, a little while ago um, where I, I mean, I just went down the road and to a sister church. I mean, literally down the road. Yes. (laughs) 
and and did some training with their preschool and children's um, mm-hmm. volunteers. Right. Um, and so they asked, they said, hey, you know, we've got, we, we're struggling with a particular issue. We've got some particular behavioral issues. I mean, would, would you come in and, you know, share mm-hmm. some suggestions? And so I was like, of course. Um, and so, yeah, so it wasn't like no one, no, <laughs> you know, they, they gave me a, you know, a little like, like you said, like a little gift that wasn't expected, right. but, right. you know. I'm right. not, I'm not expensive, <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was glad to come do that. Right. So you're right. There could oh, be yeah. people in your own community who are just glad right. to do that. And then thinking, you know, about denominationally, like we've got um, like a regional VBS training that happens every spring, right. two weeks from now, I am actually going a couple towns over um, with several people on our staff. Um, and we are attending a um, child abuse awareness training. Right. Um, and so and so, you know, one, it is, it is, it's completely free through our denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to show up and we're going to get a lunch too. Right. So yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, you uh, know, when, when I lived in Nashville, when I served, I served mm-hmm. at a church in Franklin mm-hmm. and there was one of the children's ministers there and she had done this for years and years, but she offered personally, just, she would mm-hmm. have a lunch at her church every couple of months for mm-hmm. all the children's ministers in town. And it didn't yeah. matter what denomination they were in. It didn't matter. You know, it didn't, it didn't matter what church they were with, how large, how small, if they were volunteer or if they were paid staff, but she would just send out an email and say, Hey, we're doing a luncheon on Thursday. We're getting boxes from Chick-fil-A. It'll be $5 a person. You mm-hmm. just come and, you know, and if you don't want lunch, you, you just come for free. And just yeah. come and, and we're just going to sit and chat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would have a, a particular leader, like mm-hmm. lead the conversation on a certain topic. Sometimes mm-hmm. they would have actually, a lot of times we would have publishers that would offer to buy us lunch oh. so they could come in and give us their spiel on their new curriculum or their nice. new yes or their nice. new second system. Okay. It became our opportunity for training. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times we would get ideas from that to do training in our own church, or we would invite one of the other children ministers from the group to come and do training. And again, we just did it for one another. So, you know, those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. if you can build that community, you'll find Mm -hmm. all sorts of opportunities for ways that you can help one another grow, even if it's not necessarily the same denomination, but we all have, it doesn't matter what denomination you are, children's ministry issues are universal. The same. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So it's just kind of nice to, to yes. be able to do that for sure. Yes. And, and, you know, and that brings up another good point, just that, you know, as well as training our people, we, the children's ministers are constantly, I shouldn't say constantly, but routinely also seeking out training. Right. And so for us, so even, you know, with thinking about in two or three weeks going to this child abuse awareness and it's like, right. You know, on the one hand, it's quick for me to be like, oh, my goodness, like I've been to so many of these. But on the other hand, I don't know that I have ever been to a training where I didn't learn something new. Right. You know, I I think every time I go somewhere, there's always something. Right. You know, so so um, being intentional to keep myself trained and to keep myself um, up to date with any new ideas, new policies, new procedures, new resources. Mm-hmm. And so, right. um, so doing that for myself, mm-hmm. 
is another way to bring fresh training, just like what you're saying, fresh training for our volunteers as well. Well, and I've been, I've been doing this for 28 years and I have been Mm -hmm. to so many training events. I cannot even begin (laughs) to tell you. And, and part of that's because Uh, I've I've led a lot of conferences. mm -hmm. I've led a lot of training events. And so I have, so I have routinely attended a lot of training Mm -hmm. events and I've always said the same thing. I, I don't, it doesn't matter how many times I've heard it. It, it reminds me of things that I need to be doing better. It reminds yes. me of ways that I can improve. It yes. gives me fresh and new ideas. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I only walk away with knowing things I'm never going to do, but at least mm. it gives me something that I'm never yes. going to do. Like, I feel <laughs> yes. like I've learned yes. something yes. no matter what, either I've learned, yes. oh, I'm never doing that. Yes. Or it's something that reminds me, oh, I really need to, to make sure I find time for yes. this area. And it, it's mm. it's just really vital. And it's it's mm. so worth it. Sure. I always had one conference that the church would send me to. Mm-hmm. And then I would always choose a conference that I would attend personally, that I would, would pay for myself to go so that I would get two very different mm-hmm. training opportunities in each year Mm-hmm. to be able to kind of process and to think through and to be mm-hmm. able to come up with new ideas and fresh ideas, but also be able to make sure that I received the training that I needed for yes. the material that I was currently using. I wanted yes. to make sure that I had that training down, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to, to choose a unique training opportunity, something different than what I might normally go to so that I would would pick up some other ideas and yes. things. So that was always a, a priority for me. Mm-hmm. In in my world, even as much as I attended conferences and did, but I always made sure I kind of found another mm-hmm. one to go to. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I had one last thing, and that was teacher appreciation. Yes. We need to make sure that our leaders understand that we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is by honoring their time and honoring mm-hmm. how often we have training But some of that, too, is just offering opportunities to show how much you appreciate them. And it doesn't have to always be any kind of a gift, because I can tell you that sometimes we receive things that we're thinking, oh, we'll we'll never use this notepad or we're we're never going to use this pen. So I'm not talking about necessarily swag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also not necessarily always just talking about candy because we have to remember mm-hmm. not everybody wants candy either, but just finding little mm-hmm. notes, sending notes, you yes. know, I would always make sure that I had, I kind of kept a, a, a list mm-hmm. of all of my volunteers and I had a rotation of when I would send out cards mm-hmm. so that that way that they were receiving things from me all throughout the year, mm-hmm. but then I didn't have to do them all in one sitting. Right. So that I always, you know, each week I had a certain number that I made Mm -hmm. sure that I sent out just to say, especially if I happen to see somebody doing something, if, you know, but I would actually have like, I had a little printout of all of my volunteers and Mm -hmm. I would write the date and put a little check mark if I sent them a card. So that mm-hmm. way I was sure that I made sure that everyone received something from me throughout the quarter. Yes. I tried to do it quarterly, but mm-hmm. it was making sure that I had little ways that I could show them appreciation and thank them for the time and for giving mm-hmm. and for sharing. And so it was always a priority for me to make sure because yes. I felt like that's part of how you really encourage and mentor your volunteers is that you show them that you're praying for them and that you care for them just like they are praying for and caring for their kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's making sure you model that yes. with them as you want them to do for the kids that are in their classroom. Yes, absolutely. I hope that we have given you some ideas for your training 
opportunities that you have for your leaders. I hope that we have inspired you maybe to think about some new ways to do it this year and some new things that you can do for your leaders. Um, They are vital to our ministry. We desperately need to make sure that we have people in place that are going to be showing love and care to our children, but also teach them the word of God. So I think it's really important that we make sure that we're praying for them, but also that we prepare for them for the year. And so it's been a fun conversation, Dr. Virginia. It's been nice talking to you. Absolutely. You too. I hope you all have a great week and we will talk to you soon.